David Cobb is, of course, a college basketball and football writer for CBS Sports. You can follow him on Twitter at David W. Cobb. Cobb, this is a question that uh, Calkins asked me this morning that I was super prepared for, so you get to be just as prepared for it, too. Who's the best college basketball player in the state of Tennessee? Is it Dalton Connect or David Jones? Oh, as of late, it is Dalton Connect. My man my has been going off 35-plus, two games in a row, stuff that hadn't been done in Tennessee since Bernard King. So David Jones is pretty solid, but uh, I don't see him up in the first round of the NBA mock draft like I see Dalton Connect. Is is Tennessee for real? I mean, they're like they're ranked top, what, top six or six in the country right now, right? Yeah, they are because, not just because of Dalton Connect, and I wrote about this on Saturday. He's great, and Rick Barnes deserves a lot of credit for letting him be great. But uh, what makes this Tennessee team different fundamentally is the fact that it actually plays a little bit faster than it has in years past. When they just wanted to suffocate the life out of you defensively, which they, they still do, but now they're going up tempo. They're not playing two bigs as much either which uh, it lets the Kai Ziegler penetrate and then kick the neck or, or whatever. So they just modernized their offense a little bit, which they so desperately needed to do. And because they've done that, uh, yeah, I do. I think they're legit. I think they've got a chance to, uh, to be uh, the, the, the team that makes the deepest run so far of Rick's tenure there. Why should I believe? Because I do agree with you on watch them play. It's like, oh, they, yesterday they had a possession against Florida where it's like they just got the ball through the net and like they were – it looked like we were watching an NBA game. Like, they were running it up the floor, got, like, a quick layup. And I'm like, well, I've never seen Tennessee do that. But mm-hmm. I, I admittedly, I'm, I'm, still, I'm still in the mode of I got I to gotta see it in March. Because we know that we, yeah, he, they've proven they can be a, one of the best SEC teams in the regular season. No, that's fair. That's absolutely. I mean, that's that is his Rick Barnes's reputation at Tennessee now, and that's Tennessee's reputation, honestly, predating Rick Barnes. I mean, uh, th- this is a, a program that has been past the Sweet 16 one time. That was under Bruce Pearl. They made the Elite Eight. Uh, they've never been to a Final Four, and, and so Tennessee basketball's had some good regular season uh, triumphs over the years. I mean, Ray Mears had it going, and. Uh, Jerry Green had some real talent. Kevin O'Neill was there. You go to Bruce, you go to Rick. They, they, Tennessee's been a, a top half of the SEC regular season basketball program for like 50 years, uh, but they've never done it in March. So that's that's a completely fair criticism. And, and I don't know if uh, you know it's just luck of the draw once you get there. So, um, but this team is better prepared, better equipped than some of its most recent predecessors. I'll never forget that Elite Eight game. Your boy was calling a Sunday afternoon Pepperdine baseball game, and I had the brought. Your boy might have had money on Tennessee, and I had my computer open, and everyone's like, "Oh, he's just watching the he's watching the live stats." Nope, <laughs> calling a baseball game while betting on a college basketball game. And that's multitasking that's, at its finest. That's, You're also the problem with our generation. Yes, Jeffrey. I know. I'm multi. I, I can't believe I have ADHD. Who would have ever? <laughs> who would have ever thought that? Right, <laughs> you were. You're preparing for your professional yeah, well, career. Listen, y'all want to know how I'm good at watching TV. Yeah. <laughs> That's how. Um, David, I'm curious what you think of Memphis in that same sort of uh, narrative, if you will. Uh, are they for real? Like, what do you believe in Memphis uh, as a legitimate? You know, it's let's say let's say it like this: as a team that it can accomplish what it's setting out to to do, which is set itself up with like a top four seed in the NCAA tournament, do you think they can get that done? 
I mean, if, if, if all you're going off of is Ken Palm, then, then no. <laughs> I mean, Ken Palm's got him all the way down at 46, which is mind-blowing considering the quality of uh, resume they built during the non-conference and the fact that they just keep winning. Uh, yeah, I, I think I am a believer in Memphis. One, I mean, I've, they're, they're going to be in the, in the NCAA tournament, all right? Like, that's almost a foregone conclusion, right? The, the bottom could always fall out. But in all likelihood, they're going to be in the dance, okay? And once you get to the dance, what is it about? It's about having good guard play, and it's about having veterans and, and, and size and stuff. And so, I mean, Memphis has everything that you look for when you're filling out your bracket uh, on Selection Sunday. So, I mean, I know it hasn't been pretty as of late, but this is a team with no continuity from a year ago. It's still going to be developing chemistry over these next couple of months. And then once, once they get to the dance, uh, they've got the type of roster that, that you always lean toward. Yeah, the one thing I worry a little bit is if there is going to be some Gonzaga in it where – but they've done a good job of playing close games even when they shouldn't have, like figuring out ways. Like I do wonder, though, if the lack of quality competition – and then you ramp it up, and you your every team's going to be a quality team in the tournament. Like I wonder about that a little bit, but there's no way there's no way to I get think around. They'll that. benefit from the fact that they're pr- there's a decent chance they're going to play FAU three times in three weeks. I think that's well, probably fair at the end of the season. It's not like Gonzaga hasn't had any NCAA tournament success. No, they no they, they they've not won the national title and had that ultimate breakthrough under Mark Few. But this year's team being an exception, the last several years, I mean they've advanced beyond the first weekend of the NCAA tournament after playing a weak conference schedule like what Memphis is going through now. So, I mean, I think Memphis showed me everything I need to know about about them during the non-conference. And then to a certain extent, because of the caliber of opponent in the AAC, you you just sort of um, are, are willing to overlook some things, to be honest, um, because, you know, what they did against Michigan, Arkansas, VCU, A&M, those types of teams, but that's, that's kind of how I – how I uh, identify this Memphis team and what they are. Right now, when you look at the SEC, who who stands out to use the class of the league? Well, Auburn does. Uh, they, they don't have like that big time like marquee victory yet necessarily, but they look really, really good. They score a ton. They're super deep. Uh, they play defense. Like there are no weaknesses really on, on this Auburn team. So. Uh, kind of a surprise because nobody really had Auburn in the top three or four preseason, but to me, they look like the best team in the SEC. What have you made of Kentucky so far? Uh, it's it's impressive, the fact that Calipari has been able to assemble such a good team with so many freshmen in this era. I picked them sixth because I was like, this team is way too reliant on freshmen, but the freshmen have been ready, and then Antonio Reeves and, and Trey Mitchell have been awesome, so... I mean, this was like, you guys thought, thought Penny took it down to the wire, you know, with the roster and, and, you know, things being in flux into May and June. I mean, Kentucky did too, because there was a minute there where Antonio Reeves was trying to graduate and transfer. Uh, Trey Mitchell didn't come along until after Bob Huggins got fired at West Virginia. And yeah. uh, for a minute there, I mean, it looked like Aaron Bradshaw might not play either. So there, there was a scenario in mid-June maybe where Kentucky looked dire. But it's all kind of worked out for them from a roster standpoint, and they're making the most of it. In fairness, Penny took it to December. 
with Tom. <laughs> yeah, he's still he's probably still trying to find people as we speak. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, funny bring, you should mention that. Yeah, trying to bring back Jordan maybe, Brown. Maybe Jordan Brown's coming back. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, we're not joking, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> Are you serious? Yes. Okay. Yeah, yeah. He's the, the. You should you should read Jason Munz's latest story at commercialplay.com. <laughs> Your um, successor. Where's he been? Is he still sick or what's the what? I mean, well, we never got clear. We never we never found out if 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 it cleared up, but yeah. yeah. It must not be contagious. Must be wor- yeah, it must have been worse than a common cold. Yeah, <laughs> no, you know, it's going around. Um, wanted to switch course to football here. Um, Alabama has lost, it seems like, half its team since Nick Saban. Half its team of recruits <laughs> since Nick can, Saban Can left. we all agree it is funny watching Alabama go through the same thing like every other program goes through, and they don't know what to do with themselves? Like, this is wrong! <laughs> But yeah, I'm not, I'm not. I'm not apologizing for thinking that's funny. Yes, I, I, I love it. <laughs> but it does feel to me that this scenario that's playing out, which I'll be honest, I didn't foresee this type of exodus happening right away. Maybe like a year from now, I could see it happening. But this plays to Kalen DeBoer's like biggest weakness. Like his biggest weakness, it would seem, going into this job is as player getter, so to speak. Um, I'm a little concerned about how this is going. I don't know. Maybe maybe this is how it was inevitably going to – this was what was inevitably going to happen. But it feels like – where are they going to get new guys? The portal's well, closed. Yeah, that's the problem is is the only reason – The portal's never closed for the record. The portal – got to wait till after spring. Cobb, we all agree. The portal may be closed in name only. Well, no, it reopens for a week after yeah, uh-huh. spring. Yeah, 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 sure, yeah. yeah. Right, right. But you're not going to get the amount of talent entering the portal post-spring as you did post-season. Yeah. So, and most most of the best players have already committed. So it's a tough spot for Alabama. Although I want to push back against one thing. I've seen this idea floating around out there today that making the playoff was so bad for Alabama because it, quote, delayed Nick Saban's retirement. I've seen a few people with this take today. I don't believe that because even if Alabama had been left out of the college football playoff, they still would have been invited to a bowl game. And I don't think Nick Saban would have retired before the bowl game. So they'd be in the exact same situation, even if they hadn't made the playoff. So mm-hmm. this idea that, Oh, we got to fix the system because you get penalized for making the playoff and all this. I think that's garbage. And uh, I mean, Alabama is just now confronting the reality that the rest of college football has been living in for 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 a long, long time. So it's the uh, one way in which Saban miscalculated this. To be quite honest, he didn't want any. I understood he did not want like the fanfare that Coach K had or any. Like I imagine, if in your scenario, if they had just gone to a bowl game, he would not have wanted to make the entire lead up to the bowl game about him retiring. Even though looking back, the move. Would have probably been to announce if you're trying to tr- if you're trying to avoid this happening, the players transferring. It's announcing it like you know at the beginning of December, but so you to, get some time to get things together. But to counter that, they wouldn't have been able to have DeBoer in place still until after the national championship. They would have that That's would have happened prior to signing day. So it's uh, it, there's no good time yeah. really to do it. And so I, I mean I think Alabama. Uh, it's good for Alabama that the playoff is expanding to 12 next season because there's no way uh, Alabama would make a four-team playoff next year. But they could still have enough talent once they clean up in the spring portal window to uh, to make a 12-team playoff. And I mean, that's going to be Kalen DeBoer's best friend for his first couple of years because uh, this is not going to be an overnight uh, transition where they are just right back at the top of the sport. I think what the exodus we've seen the last 48 to 
72 hours suggests that uh, there's going to be a, a rebuild, uh, a rebuild in store at Alabama. Well, I think there's a couple of points here. Number one, just because these guys are in the portal doesn't mean that Alabama won't get them back. Now, the overwhelming odds are you're not going to get all of them back, but you can still you can still get some of them back. And then the other question, though, that I have, and I think this is a legitimate question because I saw, I believe, Cobb Bud Elliott brought, brought this up on Twitter. Was Alabama getting a discount on some players because they wanted to go play for Saban with the idea of, I go play for Saban for a year that will raise my draft stock, whatnot. Like, it's, I'm essentially taking a slight pay cut here, but it's going to play out for me in the end. I, I'm very curious to know if that was actually true because – if that is true, that does make it a much, a much different aspect or a much different situation for DeBoer because I'm kind of still under the proposition that maybe Alabama is not playing with the Texas budget or you know a USC type budget, but they're still you know a top ten type budget. But if that's not the case, well then yeah, I mean it's it's a tougher job than probably the expectations are. Yeah, that's right. I think Alabama for a long time was getting the saving discount on players, a guy who maybe let's say. Kid from South Carolina, five-star prospect. Well, uh, South Carolina is, is backing up the Brinks truck, house for mom, you know, you name it. Well, Alabama um, maybe doesn't have to go that far because maybe the kid knows Alabama's track record and says, you know what, I'm, I'm going to play for Nick. And, uh, I, yeah, that, that, that effect has been entirely lost in this coaching transition. And, you know, this is the first time Kevin DeBoer's ever worked in the SEC. Um, the two defensive hires that he's made that have made headlines in the last uh, couple of days are, are not guys with recent experience in the SEC who recruited anybody that's currently on the yeah. Alabama roster. So uh, from a defensive standpoint in particular, because that's what Nick Saban's program was most widely known for, they face a long battle just towards rebuilding the reputation. I, w- I want to know who DeBoer's player getter is. Who's his player getter? Yeah, and the, the South the, the, Alabama head coach. It's a nice story that you convinced the South Alabama head coach. Well, Kane, to come be a Kane co- does have SEC experience. I know Kane was at Ole Miss, and but his dad was. He was a GA there. That was a long time ago. And then uh, Mo Linguist, who was, who's been the head coach at Buffalo for a few years, like that's cool. You get another sitting head coach. But uh, he was most recently like the cornerbacks coach under Jimbo in like 2009 at A and M. So it's not like. In fairness, you know, that might be a player getter. The old corner, the old cornerbacks coach. But uh, they lost. I mean, the the, the hard part on this was they lost Traveris Robinson. Yeah. So I think they wanted to keep. No, I, a, I, no, no, no. I definitely think they wanted to keep T. Rob. DeBoer reminds me of college football's version of John Beeline, like the unorthodox, you know, unorthodox offense that's really effective. And he, when he has the right players, he's awesome because he's a great coach. But like I, every time I've I've like gone back and watched interviews of him since he's gotten the Alabama job. He's not like that charismatic guy, like face of the face of the program guy. He's like yeah, a, but neither is Heupel. Yeah, I guess that's fair. Um, and I would argue that Heupel's offense is but more, I, un- more unorthodox or more gimmicky than. And than we'll see is. about. I mean, I'll, let's be honest. We'll see about Heupel if he can. Like, Kalen DeBoer is going to be expected to go, you know, ten no, and two I, or better I, every year. You yeah. know. And, like, he's going to be held to a higher standard than even Heupel at this point. And I, I just – I worry about it at this – you know, who's going to be his player getter? Like, you know, beeline in basketball. He need, At Michigan, he, he kind of sputtered at first because he didn't have a guy who could go get him players. And, well, like, and once he started getting players, Hunt. he got – you know, it, it went it went well. And, like, DeBoer needs that. And we'll see. Yeah, this it, this spring's going to be really interesting to see how he does with all that. 
Well, and that's what Brian Harson did not have at Auburn. He struggled in the recruiting, and he didn't make it through year two. On the flip side, there is Urban Meyer, who once came to the SEC for the first time uh, from out west, and he uh, won uh, two national titles at, at Florida uh, with, with very little experience in the league. So Now, it turned we're, out we're, Urban was a player-getter, but you're right. He when was. he came from Utah, it was the same vibe when he came yeah, from Utah. and. And the the chasm between Brian Harson and Urban Meyer is mighty large, and there's almost no doubt in my mind uh, that Kalen DeBoer is going to fall somewhere in the middle uh, between those two tenures. Yeah. Cobb, we appreciate it, man. Thanks so much. No problem. Appreciate it. That was David Cobb of CBSSports.com. When we come back, we will get into the list. NFL Divisional Weekend's coming up. we got a big NBA trade to talk about. Uh, Rory has an idea for golf, Jeffrey. Mm, A dollar one? Yeah, it's uh, copying soccer.